Welcome back to another episode of Discipleology, a podcast where we talk about all things discipleship. I'm Andrew Hudson with Mary C. Wiley and Chris Surratt. What is the C for, Mary? Uh, well, I didn't expect you to introduce me like that, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it's Carlisle. It's my maiden name. Oh, so yeah. a lot of people actually thought my name was Mary Carlisle. They're like, what's your last name? Ah, that's it. That's a very that's Southern it? Mary Carlisle. That's very Southern. I like it. <laughs> Mary C. Wiley. We have a special guest with yes. us. Eddie Mosley is here joining us. Welcome to Discipleology. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about reaching our neighborhoods. Uh, why is discipleship in our neighborhood even important? Um, where we live, uh, especially through um, those working from home now and spending a lot of time at home, uh, people are watching us and people are seeing and learning from our example. And that'll do a lot for uh helping people grow in Christ is how we respond to things. And so the proximity of people around us, um, living life outside and in our homes, um, rather than a workplace, people at work know you pretty well. Mm -hmm. People in your neighborhood may not, but they're learning a lot about you from how you act. So my, my neighborhood, um, I, I have my little castle and I don't want to necessarily leave my own house. Right. And so, uh, We've begun to meet our neighbors, and if you're inside of our little neighborhood clique, you're, we love you. But some of the people on the outside of that clique are are they're weird. We don't even wave to them, and now you're you're wanting me to evangelize and and disciple these people in my neighborhood, and I don't even know how to meet them. What would your What would your advice be? Yeah, well. Uh, I was going to ask, did you put them in that in that click, or I probably, yeah, uh, you know, or, or separate did. them from the click because <laughs> they're uh, and we're in the south here, and so anybody moves in from the north, it's automatic weirdness, you know. Right, we shun them uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, some of my best friends are actually from Ohio, so that's far enough north, isn't it? To, to I think that's more over. Midwest, city. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can actually go farther north. Can you really? <laughs> you really yeah, can, yeah. yeah. So uh, we we do a lot of events. Um, we work on uh, prayer walk. And, you know, if you get a dog or, or baby, it's your choice. Um, we're through with Both. the babies now, yeah, so yeah. We're, we're walking the dogs. Um, people will approach you and talk to you. It's a safe zone. And so as we walk and people come out and, and uh, check on the dog or the baby, uh, we're prayer walking and finding out where God is at work. Mm. Um, and then we plan. We plan a social event. Uh, if it's a barbecue, if it's a fireworks show, um, we had we lived in a, a neighborhood in Kentucky for a while, and, and a lot of people in that subdivision were from other countries. And so we had dessert night, and everybody would bring their fam family dessert. Um, some really interesting flavors came into that, <laughs> but a lot of great conversation. And it kind of broke down that click wall of, um, you know, they're okay. Well, they're not, but they're okay. I'll invite them back type thing. So uh, if you want to segment a little bit. Sure. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll have to say at the top, I'm a little disappointed we can't see your socks because Eddie and I have been friends for a long time and he has the best socks and it's like today I think it's ducks. Uh, this uh, is squirrels. Squirrels. Um, okay. I always wear squirrels on videotaping day because there's no challenge where I'll go and, and chase a squirrel. <laughs> yeah. too, so. That is true. It I do want to. I do want to ask you. Um, you're a baseball guy. I'm yeah. a baseball guy. Yeah. I think Andrew's a baseball. Are you into baseball, Mary? I mean, our five year old play has played baseball. That's about as far as it gets. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> but we're, we're we're kind of baseball people. But the point is, you have really done a lot of evangelism through things like just baseball. Um, your kids, your son played baseball. Um, you do a lot of neighborhood. Talk to us a little bit about that and how you use 
something like a sport to really evangelize and disciple. Yeah, for for a lot of years um, prior to having my son, uh, my boys, both of my boys played baseball. I didn't correlate being a Christian and and coaching baseball or getting my kids involved in baseball. That was totally separate. Um, and somewhere through that journey, God said, I've given you that passion. I've given you that ability. I've given your boys that ability. And as I'm coaching and, and looking in the dugout, I'm beginning to see uh, 12 guys, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 year old, uh, which about nine of them don't know Christ. And you learn to meet their families. I mean, as you get into travel ball, you're spending weekends in other towns with these families and you get to know them real well. And you begin to get concerned about their eternity um, and also their parenting. Um, you know, dads get really passionate and yell and scream at their kids when they make an error and stuff. And uh, gave me a chance to be a father to a father during that time. But I said, I can go beyond that. And so we started a small group with our baseball team family. And we'd even bring in people to do chapel services before our tournaments on a weekend. Uh, some of my deacons were uh, capable of doing that and relating. So that journey, uh, even today, my, my son has graduated college now and he's finished with baseball, but we still go to all the ball games from his high school. We're still heavily involved in um, working with those families. And so using what God has given me as a passion um, for his kingdom just seemed natural. Yeah. But I missed it for a lot of years. You guys are helping build a baseball field right now, aren't you? Yeah, hitting facility. Yeah. 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 So our, we had to start it with a brand new school a few years ago and they didn't get a hitting facility. So. Our coaches um, have a they're, they're Christ followers, and every couple of years, our high school public high school team is uh, invited to go on a mission trip to Puerto Rico um, or the Dominican, and we go and and play baseball. You know, it's pretty well heaven. You know, beach, beautiful weather, baseball every day, uh, and then a revival every night. You know, yeah. so it's chapel services, and so. If I can support those coaches by helping build a facility that'll give them more time with those players, then that's what I'm after. That'll live beyond my lifetime. That's cool. It's interesting that you said uh, that you're passionate about it. Right? So it's not that you're manufacturing this passion or love for baseball to do evangelism. It's it's what you're already excited about yes, that yes. you can talk about. So for me, it might be barbecue. It might be something else. We actually, in the COVID season, started a book club in our neighborhood because we were like, well, everyone's home. Like, let's see everyone. And so we started meeting in the backyard and we had some really amazing conversations just around a fire in the backyard. And so I would say if someone has a passion, whether that be books or baseball or something different, that there is an opportunity to kind of bring people around that. So if it's discipleship versus evangelism, a lot of times they, they pit those two against each other. Um, how, how do we meld those two? Discipleship and evangelism. Well, especially if it's in in your neighborhood or around your your passion. Um, And the one reason I really took after baseball is because that's where I was all the time. Mm -hmm. And I would try to invite people to a Bible study on Tuesday night. Oh, man, we got ball practice. And as my kids got into that, we were four, five, six nights a week gone. gone. And so we're doing life together. Mm -hmm. And so discipleship may be them watching me, the neighborhood, they watch me. my neighbor specifically, uh, unchurched and for four years, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't come to our small group. We'd invite them over. And if it's a neighborhood event, we'll come. If it's a small group from your church thing, we'll just do a, a pie and hand it to you. 
And so the, the evangelism has got to got to start for discipleship to happen. Mm-hmm. And so as we spend time with those folks and help them find Christ, um, give Christ a chance to speak to them through us and through our lifestyles, it's natural that that discipleship will pick up because you're still spending time with them and investing in them. And usually that passion gets down to four or five people where you can have deep conversations mm-hmm. about life and, and uh, learning to be more like Christ next year than you are today. What are some resources, Eddie, that you guys kind of lean on or is influenced the way that you do evangelism? You know, you, you oversee groups at Brentwood Baptist. So what, what are some things that you're giving them to help kind of see this picture? My family's life changed when we moved, and a friend of mine, uh, Rick Howerton, gave me a book by Randy Frazee, The Connecting Church. Mm-hmm. And he got very specific in there, don't build a privacy fence, build a picket fence, because you can't talk across the privacy mm-hmm. fence. You know, don't put your basketball goal in the backyard, put it in the front yard, let your kids play with the other kids, and when parents come to pick them up, offer them a glass of tea. Uh, don't buy a treadmill, get a dog, or have a baby. Mm-hmm. And so that's where a lot of that originally came from in our family's life. Uh, and so one of the resources we, we offer that, and we make that available, but um, the Master Plan of Evangelism. Yeah, Robert Coleman. Yeah. 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 It's an old book, but we gave it to every leader at Brentwood Baptist for Christmas um, because it takes them from evangelism through discipleship. It's basic steps. Uh, and so that's been foundational. Experiencing God, we're trying to help folks now that are wanting to start neighborhood groups or think they might want to host a neighborhood group. Um, We talk language like throw a party, have a social, and see where God is at work. Uh, Because we we think about starting a neighborhood group, and you think, well, I've got to get a Bible study together, and I've never taught the Bible. I don't even have a podium at home. Where am I going to teach from? And so we're kind of breaking that down, saying just have socials, get people in your home, and see where God's at work. We'll have two or three of those this summer, and then in the fall, we'll we'll hopefully invite them back for a Bible study a couple of times a month. So Experiencing God, um, Master Plan Evangelism, and then the Life Connections Bible. We're giving that out to everyone that wants to host a neighborhood event, because I don't know if you've seen that Life Connections Bible. The great thing is, um, as a minister, you get to do funerals. Whether they're church people or not, you'll get to do somebody's funeral. And when you're preparing the funeral, they'll always say, oh, my grandmother's favorite verse was. Now, these folks don't have a clue who Jesus is, maybe. But they know grandma had a... So I'll say, what's your grandma's favorite verse? And they'll mention it, and I'll say, look at this Bible. And I'll flip open the Life Connections Bible, and there's a Bible study to go along with granny's favorite Bible verse. And so a lot of people have those, whether they're religious or not, whether they're Christian or not. And so that Life Connections Bible puts a Bible study for every page with icebreakers and discussions. So it used to be the serendipity Bible, right? It's right. It used updated. to be serendipity and Lifeways yep. updated it and, and given a lot of commentary at the bottom. So yeah. that gives a little support to the new host. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. When you think about your kids now, it sounds like they're grown and out of the house. Like how have you seen the way you served families and, and they got to watch you serve? Like how, how do you see that now in their lives? In their lives, yeah, yeah. So their 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 hearts softened. Um, They see folks different than I did at Mm -hmm. twenty and twenty five year old. Yeah, Um, I was I was probably more introspective and not looking out at others. But the the sensitivity they have to people around them um, is is something I'm proud of. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. 
I can imagine that kids would be so impacted by watching. I mean, that's a busy season of your life, right? When you're going to baseball. And yeah. so it takes a lot. It takes an additional level of being available, of, of intentionality to do that. So I hope that parents also listening today would be encouraged to hear hear you say, like, there's a lot of benefit for your kids, too, in that. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking about, um, I, <laughs> I tend to gripe about, we have another band uh, weekend, we've got to go and be in this school for seven hours, but man, what an opportunity to make relationships. And uh, yeah, I mean, just missing that God has placed you there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. tenure, staying in, in those those kids' lives. Um, getting, they're getting married now. You're getting invitations to weddings or get to do weddings, um, you know, and, and are invited to be at the birth of their children. So as those, those kids get older, they've not separated it or not um, discredited all that energy and time and prayer and coaching counseling yeah. yeah so you know coaches are one of the biggest influences in kids lives yeah oh yeah so if we can support them and raise them up that's beneficial what i've noticed in our neighborhood is that there's a lot more in common than just what we expected so my next door neighbor and i are very very different very different passions very different just different but when we started hanging out we notice that, oh, we've got these things in common. Have you seen that uh, as we were all doing this? Have you seen pockets of people that realize that, that they're more in common with people than they realize? Yeah, yeah, I think they're more, um, there's more things to discuss. And, and if you can have a, something that's general, like a social, mm-hmm. that begins to break that ice. And you'll gravitate to two or three. Of course. But your wife may gravitate to two or three others. Um, and the... The relationship, my, my neighbor has now retired, um, but he always kind of kept a really nice yard. And, and that's the worst kind of neighbor you can have. That's right. That's right. <laughs> because you realize how terrible your yard that's looks. Right. All we want to do is get it mowed before we get an HOA letter. That's right. right. <laughs> okay. And he's looking for Chicago Wrigley Field level of, of lawn. Um, so now we're competing on that. So right. after a few years of living there, yeah, we have the same thing in common of wanting to perfect our lawn and trying to be evangelistic towards the other neighbors right. And, right. and helping get their lawn so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but God brings those people together and he brings those interests. Um, and, and you're in the same neighborhood, so there's already a commonality. Right? Sure. So maybe a school system or maybe that subdivision or maybe something featured in that subdivision. But there's a reason God has placed you there. I, I talk about people being the presence of Jesus on their street. Hmm. When we moved in, we had a great deal. I'm a negotiator. Boy, I worked that price and I got it down to where we could. I mean, I felt proud. Right. And then my dad told me, you know, God set you up in that house mm. and took the credit all away from me. Just mm-hmm. one, one little mm-hmm. statement. And so where you live is important and God's put you there for a reason. And so uh, praying, prayer walking, if you, if you live where Chris lives, you got to pray drive or, or pray ride the horse. <laughs> drive a tractor. Drive a tractor <laughs> yeah. and pray for your neighbors um, and watch for God at work. Plan a social, invite people in. Um, and then maybe have another social and then try to launch a, a, a Bible study or a group. We started our first one on parenting, obviously, around the baseball team. How can I be a better dad? Because, man, I really chewed him out on the way home the other mm-hmm. night. He struck out, took a third strike, mm-hmm. looking, you know, didn't even swing. You can look that up if you're not a baseball fan. But uh, it's quite embarrassing to a dad who paid $400 for a bat and the kid don't even swing it. So, right. <laughs> uh, so we helped, you know, each other journey through that, uh, that parenting 
and being more like Christ and be more forgiving, more gracious. And so parenting was an issue we all had in common, whether you love Jesus or not. How do we make that shift from we're just hanging out, being on the baseball team, to now it's a very scary step to talk about eternity? Yeah, hey, but life's and, very scary. It, it, I mean, it, right it now, is. the situation we're in. Um, Real conversations. Yeah. Are yeah. I mean, aren't you worried about your job? I mean, we know a guy that lost his job Should through I be? all Should this. Should I be worried about my job? <laughs> Did he not tell you about that on the way? Uh, but I mean, it, you can transition those things. It'd be prayed up, obviously. You got to pray through um, what's going to happen. But that's the reason the Bible verse I thought was a, a, a great move for a lot of folks that because everybody's got to say, hey, you know, for our family, foundation is around God's word. And through this pandemic, um, through job change, through kids' sickness, family sickness, we turn to the Bible. I don't know what you guys turn to. Uh, tell me, what's, what's one of the foundational elements in your life? That's good. And that transitions That's right good. into some conversation. Um, where you're not offending people, but you're just saying, this is who we are. You know, as for my, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. What do, you, what do you guys look at? And that puts everybody on equal footing. Mm -hmm. um, and say, would you like to talk about this a couple of times a month? Let's just get together. Our kids know each other. Our kids are spending time together. And it takes a village to raise our kids now. And so, boy, that's a, to me, that was an easy transition. Well, Eddie, thank you so much. Thanks for coming out and yeah. for sharing your wisdom with us. Well, it's experience as much as wisdom, I guess. Sure. But, where where yeah. can people find out more about you? Um, at the Brentwood Baptist. Email me there, uh, E. Mosley at Brentwood Baptist. Probably easiest way. You can call Chris. He probably put his <laughs> phone number on here and call him sure. day, day or night. Perfect. But yeah, Brentwood Baptist in, in Brentwood, Tennessee. Well, great. We will see you next week.